Hello, this is Rabbi Marcus Rubenstein from Daily Life of a Jewish Mystic. Again, we're going to jump into our learning on Reshit Chochmah, this wonderful Sefer that we've started, our second lesson on Reshit Chochmah. Although, again, I always like to say you can really, I, I don't want anyone to feel bound. If I haven't heard the first one, I can't listen to the second one or the third one, or as we go on. Really, I'm designing this so you can kind of listen at any point where you find yourself. Obviously, if you listen from the beginning, uh, that's a nice thing to do, but you don't have to, uh, certainly at all. Uh, I want to fit in one thing about this safer that is very important. Uh, in, in just a, a quick word about what Rabbi Eliyahu Davidus was doing that was really unique. Um, there have been many inspirational books in Judaism written before to encourage the Jewish practitioner to come close to God and, and kind of the practical things that a Jew needs to do to come close to God. But one of this is one of the thing that was very unique about this is this book actually uses Kabbalistic theology and Kabbalah. And you, if you if you look at the Sefer, it quotes the Zohar continuously, long chunks, and and we'll learn a lot of Zohar by learning uh, this text, which is of course the magnum opus of 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 really Jewish Kabbalah or Jewish mystical thought. But it uses the Zohar and it uses Kabbalah to explain how we should act in a practical way in this world, uh, which is one of the first forum to do this, one of the first books to do this, besides the, the famous Sefer, the famous book of his teacher, um, Tomer Devorah, The Palm Tree of Deborah by Rabbi Moses Cordovero. But that was a much less ambish, ambitious project, uh, much a shorter book. The, the, the Rashid Chochma is, is an encyclopedia. It's three big volumes. I mean, this is my version of the Sefer is this, and it comes in... Uh, you know, uh, you know, a, a, a relatively. Um, these are there are three volumes of the size. This book is, you know, um, you know, uh, I think there's 600 pages in this, and there's three volumes of this. So it, it was a quite an ambitious project what he did, and because of the uniqueness of the Sefer, it was republished many times and became very popular. But let's jump into the content. I'll always kind of add a little bit about the book itself, and and kind of more about. Um, the general understanding of, of its place in Kabbalistic history and uh, kind of in its arc in Jewish spirituality. Uh, we're going to jump, the way we're going to learn is we're going to go to different gates. The gate, a gate in Judaism and Jewish books is is a chapter or a, a, a section. Um, they call it in, in Jewish terminology a gate or a shar. And this is shar ha'yirah the first uh, chapter of the section of the book, um, long section called the gate of awe or the gate of fear or awe of God. And it's interesting, he starts here, and, and the reason of, of this is, of course, and it's going to be the topic we talk about a lot today, is this idea of Reshit Chochmah Yirat Hashem. The beginning of wisdom is awe or fear of God. Um, and it, it's this is repeated many times in the Bible as we're going to get into. Um, and he's really taking this seriously that the beginning of all wisdom is awe. So if the beginning of wisdom is awe or fear of God, therefore we have to start in the beginning with this. Um, and that's exactly what he does right here. So let's jump in. Kavar hikadmu mata sefer hakavnato This is what we learned last time, right? The idea that that we were looking a lot at what the idea of this verse meant, Reshit Chochma, that w that we have to learn awe first. We have to learn uh, to, the, how to be in awe of God, to have some fear of God, to have some respect of God before we get into anything else. And so now he's really going to explain why, um, which is, I think, really 
interesting, in an interesting way. He's going to first quote a passage of Talmud, a, a passage of Gadata, which is more of the legendary ethical material of the Talmud, to explain why Yirat Hashem, or Yirah, this attribute, this Midah, this attribute of Yirah is so important. And it comes from a passage in Shabbat. This is a, a really lovely passage. In the words of our rabbis in the tractate of Shabbat, the tractate of Talmud on the topic of Shabbat usually, in the Perak Bameh Madlikin, second chapter, Kol Adam Shiyeshbo Torah, the, the Talmud says, every person who has Torah or has some Torah that they have learned or learn, um, but they don't have Yirat Shamayim, they don't have fear or awe of heaven, or fear and awe of God, is similar to a treasurer, Dome Legizbar, Shemasru Lo Matachot Pinimiot, that has, has they've, got, they've given to him the inside keys. Umiftachot Achitzoniot Lo Masru Lo. But his external keys, the external gate, they haven't given him the keys. Right? Baha'i Isle. And then what's the point? What's the point? Okay, so let me explain this. Tom. Sometimes the Talmud writes very tersely. It needs to be explained. The situation is this. The Talmud, in explaining why Yirat Hashem, or awe of God, is so important, they compare a situation of someone who's learned a lot of Torah, who's learned a lot of wisdom, but does not have Yirat Shemayim, doesn't have awe of God, to a treasurer, someone who keeps the treasure. And the treasure, the way at least the rabbis um, see it, is that there's a key to maybe the treasure chest or the, the, the treasure is in a certain room with a lock on it, regardless any way you want to think of it. Yet around that inner room there's a, there, or that, that treasure chest, there's another room around it, an external gate around it that has its own key to it. And that in order to get the treasure, you don't just have to open the treasure box or go into the inner room, you first have to go through the outer room first, right? And although the inner room or the key to the actual treasure chest might seem like the essential thing, right, that's actually the key to the treasure itself, you can't even get there without opening the external gate first, right? And of course, what he's going to say here is that the external, or what the Talmud says here, is that the external gate is is this attribute spiritually, is this yurachamayim, is we can unlock that gate, we can get through that first gate, only through your awe, for all through awe of God or fear of God, right? And we can't get to the the so any amount of Torah we learn, we can learn all the facts about Judaism in the world. We can learn uh, every page of the Talmud if we wanted to. We can become geniuses in Judaism. It doesn't mean a thing unless we start with this Yirat Hashem, with this awe of God. Um, and he explains it. Um, he also lists another source that kind of says the same thing. It's also said in the Zohar as well. Um, and this is an interesting piece of Zohar. Uh, in the introduction of the Tikkunei Zohar, the Tikkunei Zohar is an introduction um, to... Uh, the, the Tikkunei Zohar is a, a later material of the Zohar. It's actually a book. It's very mystical Aramaic material uh, and written by uh, similar authors to the Zohar itself. Um, the the framework of the book is that it's set it's seventy different interpretations on the first sentence mystical interpretations on the first sentence of the um, 
of, of the first verse of the Torah. Bereshit bara Elohim at the Shamayim at the arts. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Right? There's 70 different mystical interpretations. Each interpretation is called a tikkun or a rectification. That somehow by doing this mystical interpretation, there's something being rectified in the world. Right? Very Kabbalistic idea of interpreting Torah and the importance of it. Um, but the, more, more importantly, it, it really is just another uh, piece of Zohar, uh, another section of, of the Zohar, of Zoharic material. Um, and um, there's a really interesting point, there's a long introduction to the Sefer, in which it goes through many different ways of having Yirah, of, of, of what awe is all about. And in, in, in the, on the fifth page, it says, Gabe Darga Chamisha Beyirat Hashem Al Right? By way of the fifth way of awe of God. Right? There's different ways of being in awe of God and different ways of describing having awe or fear of God, which is why I always say two words when I say Yura, because it's a very complicated concept. It's complicated within the Zohar as well. They list many, many different ways of, of having this Yura, and it's manifested in different ways. The way, the way it's explained, it's explained very similar as the Talmud here, which is why he lists it, that it literally says in, he the, the, the Zohar actually quotes the Talmud by saying, Kol hakodem, um, in terms of this is this is what the Zohar says. This is I'm quoting the Zohar here that the awe of God is has been already explained already by the masters of our Mishnah, meaning the Gemara, right? The Talmud has already explained this rabbinic literature. Right. This is from Perkei Avot actually. Right. All all the times in which we have we really try to manifest fear or awe of God first, and then we we try to gain wisdom, right? That wisdom is sustained. But right? But anyone who actually tries to just gain wisdom before having awe of God, that, that, awe, that wisdom is not sustained, right? And then he quotes, and then again, he, the, the Tigun Ezor actually quotes the Talmudic piece that we just learned from the Reishi Chochmah about the treasury. But interestingly enough, I'm not going to go through the exact text of the Tigun Ezor, really because the Reishi Chochmah doesn't quote it, it just cites this as a citation. But I think it's illustrative and important uh, what, the, the, what the Zohar is saying. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quote, I'm going to kind of paraphrase what the Tikkun Ezor is saying because the Tikkun Ezor and most of Zoharic material in general uh, really writes in coded language and that would take me a lot of time to unpack on a podcast. Um, so I'm going to take the Nafka Mina, I'm going to take the subject of what the, what the Zohar is saying. The Zohar, what's interesting about the Kabbalah notes over and over again, and this is actually found within the Talmud, it's found within the Midrash as well, it's, it's really we talked a lot about in, in Vayera, the idea of God's different names, right? That God's different names have different, uh, illustrate different ways in which God manifests within the world. Um, God can be um, more um, bent on strict justice and strict following of the laws. God can be filled more with compassion at different times. Just as sometimes, you know, we wake up on different sides of the bed, we act differently in different cases. So God also has manifold ways in which God can behave in the world. And the reason for that is, is because God is infinite and beyond all boundaries. So, of course, God can behave in a manifold of different ways. Um, and those different manifold, those different ways are described by God's names. And that's always used. Uh, Kabbalah takes God's names in, into account all the time. Um, and very interestingly, um, there's a very interesting verse we say. The most important prayer in Judaism, uh, besides, of course, the Shema, which is more 
less of a prayer than a declaration of faith that we have to say in the morning at night, is the three times prayer, uh, the Amidah. Right? The Amidah is, is 19 blessings, uh, at least on weekdays, that are said um, to ask God, to thank God uh, for everything God has given us, to praise God, and, and, most, and, and also, of course, to ask for the things in which we as individuals need and we as the Jewish people need altogether. And, and it's also a way to pray for the whole entire world. And it's the climax of every tefillah. It's the moment where uh, every Jew stands in front of their maker, right? Usually we're supposed to pray in community, although we don't have to. But really that every individual Jew also stands in front of God. We're supposed to actually picture, obviously not actually picture, we're not supposed to picture God, but to have the idea that we're literally standing in front of God and that God is listening to every word we're saying. This holy moment, in order, you actually walk three steps forward when the Amidah starts to symbolize that you're really going into this different place, uh, this different space. You're walking into God's domain, per se, and that's symbolized by three steps forward. One, the verse you say when you're saying this, when you're doing this walking, um, right in the beginning is, Adonai sefatai God, may you open up my lips so, um, I, so they may praise you, your glory, right? Um, and this verse we actually say before we say anything else, before we even start our prayer, it's kind of like introductory verse. And the Tikkunei Zohar notes that the first name used of God here is Adonai, right? Which is a holy name of God um, that is usually um, connected specifically to the feminine attribute of justice within God, Elohim, or uh, strict justice. Um, it's specifically applied um, to this level. Um, and again, if I unpack all the Kabbalah here, it's going to take all the time. Um, and we will get into it certainly later. But I, I want to talk about other things uh, in our time we have together today. Uh, but so you'll have to go with me right now that this name within Kabbalah represents Yirah, represents awe of God, while a name like Hashem, um, Yud Ke Vav Ke, right, those, I, those Hebrew letters, um, represent God's compassion, um, a different side of God. And so the Tikkun Ezor says the, this is the reason actually we start the most important prayer with, we enter God's domain with this name because we enter God's world and God's space. The way to enter it is Reshit Chochma Yurat Hashem. The beginning of entering God's domain is through awe of God. To have mindfulness as we spoke about and, and awe of, of that God is is with us to respect God's powerful presence in our lives and within the world, right? And to have some a little, at least a little bit of trembling that God is with us, that God is watching us, and God is here, and there is a a, a superior force to us in the world, um, and that's what, why he brings the tikkunim here. Back to the Rashid Chochma. Right? However. Simply explained, meaning even without the Zohar, right? Even it, even without going the, into the Zohar, he says the essence of knowledge of wisdom is to is for a person to comprehend within themselves that doing the, that one should is doing the will of one's creator and to cling to that creator, right? Which is so interesting because he's actually defining Yerat Hashem here. He's actually defining awe of God here in a very interesting way. One of the usual ways you see awe or, or fear of God uh, usually explained is, is obviously is, is fear of sin, right? That 
God forbid I might not do a mitzvah. I might not do uh, something that I'm supposed to be doing. And then God forbid, God is going to punish me, right? I'm afraid I'm going to get um, zapped or whatever you might say, right? Or you're going to be punished for doing that thing. And, and that, that's there's definitely a level of it there. There's definitely a level that God will take us to account for the mistakes we make and for the things we do wrong if we don't do repentance, right? That's important. And that's about having responsibility in the relationship with God. But it's interesting that um, Rabbi Eliyahu Davidus, right from the beginning, does not ex- is, is actually defining your Hashem very differently. He's defining it as for a person to comprehend that he's doing the will of the Creator and that he is clinging to him by doing the will of the Creator. Right? This is important. Right? We are told over and over again that as Jews, we should do mitzvah. We should do these good things. We should do this. We should put in tefillin. We should keep Shabbos. We should stop eating bacon. Right? All these different things. Right? You should do justice in the world. You should do, you should help the poor. You should all these, you should do loving kindness. You should visit the sick. Fine. All great things. They're mitzvot and the Torah commands it. But the entrance to these mitzvot, according to the, and, and to have Yirat Shamayim to do these mitzvot, According to Rabbi Eliyahu Davidus, he says that we actually, in order to actually have an experience of growing close to God through doing these mitzvot, um, we actually first have to ascend the notion in our minds. We have to at least say as a mantra over in our head or to somehow um, really engrave it in our hearts that we're not just doing good things. We're not just doing um, the right things, but we're doing the will of God. And that's what makes it very different, right? Um, you might think it's good to visit a sick person. Right? It's just generally a good thing to do to, to offer support to a sick person in their time of trouble. Or you might think it's good in general to um, give to charity um, and give to the poor. Uh, you might think it's good in general to take a day off a week and have Shabbos. Um, you, you might even think, you know, it's the uh, it's a tradition, so I do it because I keep kosher because it's the tradition of my people. That's great. And and in the end, what's most important is that you're doing the mitzvah, right? You're certainly that you're doing the mitzvah. But if your if your goal is to actually grow close to God, right, the number one um, thing you have to do is when you're doing the mitzvah, you have to have the intention in mind that you're doing the will of the Creator, right? You're doing the will of God. When I'm giving to Sadaka, I'm not just giving charity. Right? I'm not just doing good because I think good is good. Right? I'm doing the will of the Creator. I'm doing. I'm giving to charity because that's God's will. Right? I'm keeping Shabbos because that's God's will. Right? I'm eating differently than everyone else because that's God's will. Right? I'm I'm visiting the sick because that's what God's will is in this world. That's the vision that God wants out of this world, and that by doing this mitzvah, I'm actually clinging to God. I'm growing closer to God by clinging to God's instructions and doing God's will. I'm actually growing closer to God's will. One, because I'm a good servant. I'm a loyal servant. I'm doing what God wants. Right? And number two, um, I get to know God more because I'm doing God's will. Right? That's I'm actually fulfilling God's vision in the world, and I actually get to know God better and cling to God. By knowing and, and making bringing to fruition what God wants in this world, which is uh, what He's saying here. And for for Rabbi Eliyahu David, it's like this is what Yirat Hashem is. This is what all of God actually is. And you really have to make that essential. So, like, if we then take it back into what He's saying, that external gate of getting to that treasure, which we all want. That treasure is connecting to God. That treasure is living a meaningful life. That treasure is being connected to something more transcendent than our daily lives. That connection to meaning, the first step of that 
is that we're doing the will of the Creator, right? That we're doing the will of God. That we're doing this, we're doing, we're living whole, a holy life in order to connect to something higher than ourselves, in order to connect to what we call God, right? The, the source of all life, the thing that connects every, the great unity that is above all things, right? And if we actually make that intention of our head, that's what he's saying is really important. Let's finish this paragraph. If in the beginning of his learning he doesn't know who he's serving, right, that, that he knows, um, that, that he, he doesn't quite yet know who his Lord is or who is supporting him or who is who's stronger than him, who rules over him. Tikona avoda mato elbe chokhmado. Right? What is the? What's the? What's the? You know? What's the? What's so good about his wisdom? What is? Where does his wisdom lead you to? If it? If you don't know who you're serving, right? There's no point of the wisdom in itself, right? It, 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 the wisdom. You're not certainly not going to get to that thing that you want if that thing. The thing we all want is God. Right? The thing we all want is to connect to transcendence. Is is to connect to something higher than ourselves. But we constantly elude ourselves that like that's not what we really want. That there's something else we really want. But the thing that makes everyone happy in the end is to really connect to meaning and to connect to transcendence. To connect to something that's higher than ourselves. And what what really Allah Davidus is saying is if we don't have this at the forefront of our mitzvot that we do, we might be fulfilling the mitzvot. We might be doing God's will. But if we don't actually know that consciously in our head, then it's going to be very hard for us to be in relationship with God in a deep way. Um, and to really immerse oneself in, in Torah, right? In the end, we'll actually mistake what the Torah is saying. We'll um, exaggerate it at times and we'll not truly understand what the Torah is going, going to say. And in the end, we're going to treat Torah wisdom like any other wisdom. We're going to not take it seriously. Uh, but when we have Yirat Shamayim first, but when we inculcate a sense of that we're doing God's will and that we're, we're not just doing good, but that we're doing God's will, and that we're actually clinging to God through this wisdom, that the point of what we're doing is to try to become closer to God, then as according to Perkevot, according to the Zohar, according to the Talmud, according to all our sources, our chokhmah is mitkayem. What we learn and the sacred wisdom we learn is actually established and continues to be strong in our lives. May the wisdom we learn, keni ratzah, may be God's will, that the wisdom in which we learn in our lives, the holy wisdom, we learn. May we use it to come closer to God. May it bring us closer to God. When we do holy actions, when we do mitzvot in the world, may, may it truly, we have the intention, the simple intention in our head that we're doing what God wants of us. We're helping to bring God's vision into this world and make it a reality, right? And that through the good actions we do, through the mitzvot we do, through following the Torah, that we actually become closer to God. And that should always be our goal in every decision we make, that we are what what decision is going to actually bring us closer to God. For that is truly what's going to make us happy and joyful in the end, is a, is a connection to our maker, a connection which is transcendent and higher than anything we can ever understand, the great unity that connects us all. I think we're going to do one more learning this week. We're going to, I'm always going to try to do a Friday night, Friday. I'm going to try to stick to doing Friday's Shar Ha'ahava, the gate of love next. So every Friday before Shabbos, we'll learn about how to love God. And that'll be on Friday. Uh, I'm really enjoying this. I hope you are too. Uh, please contact me in any way. Tell your friends. Um, I would really love to uh, grow this and, and, and make this somewhat of a community that we can all be striving together to come closer to God 
in, in, through through the influence of this really wonderful sefer Reishi Chochma, um, and to really be learning this together. Have a wonderful rest of the day, and uh, truly may you be blessed.